My name is Joe. I'm the dungeon master for this campaign, and this is Advantage. Last episode, in number 019, the party leveled up to three. Their quest has been demanding, and so they must grow in their strength. Alaris studied more evocation spells for defense, Merlinde's druidic powers continued to develop. Grimton took his special legionnaire oath to heart and committed himself to justice in the name of Bahamut. And Ulrich discovered the spirit of Mother Bear watching over him. These new powers were put to the test when the party went deep into the forest, investigating a light shining through the darkness. Two will-o'-wisps lured them beneath a heavy trunk of a precarious widowmaker, but the team managed to come away with only minor cuts and bruises. And that's where we'll pick up. It's the morning the day after you arrived at the Southern Redoubt. After your battle with the Will-O-Wisps, you went back to your tents. You spent a night in a pair of those wall tents, checked with the royal blue pattern of the Pandominion. From inside your sleeping roll, you heard the pitter-patter of the morning sprinkle of rain. Beside you on the hill, above the muddy, abused tent city of Forest's Edge, are 30 or 40 other canvas tents garrisoning Lieutenant Colonel Eric Tri's company of soldiers and the other workers from Havenmere. Those on mess duty have begun making breakfast and have set up their kitchen under the roof of the old shrine to the high gods, whose steeple points toward their astral dominions in the plain above. You've slept in past Reveille, but you step out of the tent at the bright sound of the grubmaster rattling the dinner bell. It's coming close to early summer, and the world is wet from the sprinkling of rain brought by this morning's warm front. At breakfast, you sit next to a lieutenant colonel at the end of a roughly hewn table. Grimton, you're a bit uneasy with the presence of this mess hall under the roof of a chapel to the gods. This is technically consecrated ground. A sentinel comes over to the table and says... Lieutenant Colonel, a group of individuals with horses and carts have been spotted on their way out of the burn. Less than two dozen in number. We can't identify any allegiance from their garb. What are your orders? Erica Try looks at the four of you with raised eyebrows and gives a hmm face of interesting curiosity, bringing the edges of her mouth down tightly. Uh, she stands up and says, I need this table of soldiers to grab your swords and come with us. You go to the carts and bring one of the banners. We'll be welcoming 
Yeah. We'll be a welcoming committee and greet them at the door. What do you say? She pointing at us? No, she was pointing at you, some other random soldier. But, like, you are uh, being ushered to go along with her. Oh, gotcha. Do you follow? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> Is it just, okay. just him or all of us? All of you. All four of you. And, quote, this table of soldiers. Gotcha. So we follow. Only a few minutes later, you can identify the group as they step out of the desecrated gray ash of the watched forest. Arbitrator Barnora Runehead's horse leads a posse of 20 or so men and women dressed in the stitched leather pads of mercenaries. They surround a cart mounted with a large cage. Two elves wear brown cloaks with bright electric blue trim and are shackled inside the jail as it bounces along the trail. The lieutenant colonel calls for her rank to put their hands on weapons and speaks first. You're entering the Pandominion territory from a hostile region. Identify yourselves in your business. Arbitrator Runehead responds, not breaking pace. We're a Pandominion posse. We're survivors stationed at Forest Edge and Trails End who entered the burn seeking justice for those murdered by the fire. I am Arbitrator Barnora Runehead of Havenmere. I was commissioned by Empress Vimana to act as marshal for the area during the construction of the road. The dwarven paladin hops off her horse and continues walking confidently forward, stopping ten feet from Tri with her hands on her hips. Runehead looks fairly unamused. I have two criminals from the forest. They're charged with resisting arrest, multiple counts of theft, robbery, and assaults with deadly weapon. They're also suspected for the arson and murder of citizens and soldiers of both the Pandominion and Isatalos. Tri says nothing. Runehead glances at the four of you and nods. I take it that the four of you will be helping to lead the full assault on the military that still walks the forest? <laughs> I turn noticeably toward Moreland Day. <laughs> like, uh... Uh... Yeah. I, uh, I'm assuming I do a sort of deer-in-headlights look, because that wasn't the, the conversation or anything that I had planned for that day. Um, for this day. <laughs> um, uh... While you're deer-in-headlightsing... Head, head, deer, and headlighting, lighting, whatever. <laughs> the lieutenant colonel speaks first. Actually, arbitrator, we're here to build a fort. That hill there is a future site of the Southern Redoubt. As of now, there are no plans to march on the forest. Bring your posse and join us for breakfast out of the rain. Have your bandits wheeled over there. Come. The groups begin following the commands, and the four of you recognize the wet faces of the prisoners in the wagon. Despite their tempest oath garb, these are not zealots. It's Uric and Neavan, the elven bandits you fought. Huh. Would it would it be like Why are why are they dressed that way? Je- well we need to go ask Would it yeah, would it be uncouth of me to like straight up walk up to the are the prisoners in cages or are they just like bound? They are in, uh, like, a jail cart. A jail cart. So, yeah, I just smooth go on over there like there's nothing wrong. Yeah, me too. Sure. And you said it's Uric and Neovan? Yeah. <laughs> Let me get them kind of situated first. Okay. But I'll recognize that you're kind of following them over there. Uric and Neovan were wheeled behind the chapel slash mess hall by a serious-looking mercenary who now guards the wagon. Where they're positioned, cruelly, the pitch of the roof is 
splashing rain wash directly on the top of their open barred cell and the prisoners are huddled in the corner trying to stay dry as they can when you approach eric waves his hand showing off his various finger lengths his face is embarrassed but honest Niavan, however drops her gaze in shame eric speaks uh well i can't say i was hoping to see y'all again uh what are the chances you can get us out of this mess and the guard says none you're criminals and will be tried as such uh, I flip, uh, I like pull out of my pocket, like, uh, how's the math work on the money? Gold is like 10 bucks. Silver is like a yep. dollar. And coppers are done. Um, so I just like flip him one gold piece and I'm just like, please don't talk for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like not a bribe to ignore anything, just literally to not say anything. <laughs> like, um, was that a whole, was that a whole, uh, gold? Mm-hmm. Did you say? I, I like okay. flip it and don't even look. I just like assume he's gonna catch it. He catches uh, it. <laughs> it's like, well, Eric, why don't you let's start by you explaining how you got here. Well, uh, I found Nevan a day or two after I left y'all. I was traveling south to Isitalos and uh, discovered her on the bank of the river, still hardly alive. Attended to her and made a fire but she was so cold it wasn't doing much good we stole these here robes off uh some bodies off of a sepulchral platform he leans in close and whispers i think there's something peculiar about these robes (laughs) uh we also took their bows and arrows too and they fly straighter than anything i've ever shot they're in that trunk over there we decided to start walking north back to my cabin on the edge of the forest when we were caught by the marshal. And why why did the marshal arrest you guys? For what reason did he give? She. We, she, sorry. We've ran because we were being pursued. <laughs> because they were they were chasing us, so we gave chase. <laughs> we Look. Yes, but I can't say that my records What did I, they say I, they were arresting you for? Well, prime first, resisting arrest. As always. Then, some of the uh, some of the posse might have recognized my face from times when we have met in the past. Mm. And then they were talking about the ropes and how these robes were of the people that had attacked them before. That was not me. We just stole the robes. Niavan says quietly, uh, she's still not making eye contact at you. We never should have taken these. Those graves were for the spirits. We shouldn't have messed with them. I've seen what their people are capable of. And she looks at the four of you and her eyes are full of fear. I was I was in Isitalos. I saw them. They're a military. I heard them talking. They're from the Rock of Visions. They're a recon mission, assessing the damage from the fire. They they started the fire, not the Pandominion. They summoned Everflame to wipe out the supporters. Are you sure that's what they said? I know for sure. They're planning to march through the burn to rid it entirely of those survivors who did not leave with Elder Cyanidale. 
They'll find them all. They'll kill them to fully purify the watched forest for the spirits. In their eyes, the forest isn't cleansed until everyone who supported the Pandominion is gone and their bodies burned. And then she looks down. They're going to march on Letras on the new moon. Show how far away is the new moon. Two and a half weeks. That's very important information. We should... <laughs> Quite an astute observation. <laughs> astute <laughs> observation. Nailed that one. Middle, if you will. We should probably um, tell Lieutenant Colonel try. I mean, had the had the people who captured them not already gleaned this information from their prisoner, prisoners? Oh my god. I mean, oh my spirits. Grimton, we, we can certainly tell Lieutenant Colonel Tri, but to be honest, it's not her problem. I'm not sure she'll help us. That's like, a fair point. Like, her mission is here, building this, uh, building this fort, and she is still pandominion. This is an internal affair, unfortunately. I'm not, like, I'm not trying to hide the information. We should talk about it, but it might not, it might not do any good for us. They're doomed. The, the survivor, the remnants are doomed. Neovan, uh, shaking of is still looking down. I I watched them in the ruins of the Shelter of Spirits. They caused a, a terrible, mighty tempest from nothing and summoned Stormhawk, who manifests from lightning. It was terrifying. I've never witnessed so much power. I had to get away as quickly as possible, and I slipped into the river. The flood current was much stronger than I could fight against, and I nearly drowned. And... That's that. That's when Uruk found me. Uruk nods. Yep. <laughs> that's when we found her. It's a lot to take in, Uruk and uh, Van. We'll certainly do for you what we can. I'm not going to make promises. Just sit tight. Wait. Don't. Don't go. We're in more immediate danger. Ever since we stole these cloaks, we've been pursued in the night for tampering with the graves. Pursued by? Urik nods. Yeah, some some real haints are, are tracking us. I don't know what's kept them at bay this far, but they're closer every night. We tried telling the marshal. She can feel the darkness, but can't see him. It's like she could see them if she wanted to, but she's choosing not. The rest of the posse couldn't even sense him. Spooks. You believe us, right? They'll come for us again. They follow do they only follow you at night? Yes. I, I look up and see to estimate approximately how much time we have during the day. Like what time is it? It's breakfast, breakfast. time. Okay, yeah, I thought so yeah, it was like the morning like <clears throat> You're likely safe here in the day. Also, Morlinda here happens to have a heightened sense for this kind of thing, so if something is coming our way, we'll likely know. I'll see if I can get on guard duty for you for tonight, if I can't resolve the problem before then. Thank you. Um, with that, Auric steps away from the enclosure and like kind of motions for them to, for the rest of the party to come over, because clearly we needed to talk. football huddle style. This is the second time it'll happen, but the uh, the camera goes in the middle of the four of you, mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. So, um, thoughts? 
Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we have a problem. Um, let's let's talk about the more immediate problem first. What do we want to do about Uric and Neovan? We could probably talk to Lieutenant Colonel Try. She might be lenient on them given their situation. It doesn't seem like Arbiter Runehead was keen to let them go without uh, as much punishment as they could load up on no, them. No, I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there's much we can do to really help them. As, like, we can talk to Try, sure, and see, but I don't know how much that good it will actually do. Alright, well, uh, we'll try talking to the lieutenant colonel here in a little while. Alright, what do we want to do with this information about the the Tempest Oath? They're headed toward Letrus. We assumed that they would attack the Pandominion first, but we were wrong. Everything has consequence. Even decisions to go the wrong way. Cool song. Thanks. Um. Well, do we want to try to get to Letrus? Um. I think we have to. Alright, then How let's far go. Is it? Well, let's immediately leave. Let's go get Nexby and we'll head down the river. I mean, Letrus is south from Isatalos, and presumably the Tempest Oath have quite a head start. That's why we're going to travel by barge down the river, so we can travel faster. Before we go anywhere, let me go check and see if I have any messages. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> like, see if I have any uh, crows. Well, um, do it. Do it quickly. Then. Alaris, how about uh, maybe all three of you, but at least uh, Morlinde and Alaris to have a little bit of Panamanian connection. If you can go talk to Try and see about getting the um, a lighter sentence or something for uh, Uric and Neovan, and I'll go check on the the cash. How's that sound? Sure. Sounds good. I don't know how much good I can do there, but I'll I think, run along at least. I don't I know. Think, well, yeah, I, I think you're, you're sort of. I think he meant Grimton, but at the same time, I think that having someone who can speak for people of the forest That's is going to be beneficial. And the fact that like he he's really harmless. So I go I go to check out the cache. Okay, you go to the cache. In the meantime, um. Because it's a it's a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Who who's going to the um, mess hall? I guess all three um, of us. I am. Yeah. Yeah. You you enter the mess hall mid conversation. Uh, the lieutenant colonel is sitting at the table looking seriously at the marshal who's standing there empathetically tries addressing runehead with a demanding tone more so you are merely a local arbiter ordering around mercenaries regardless of your commission by the empress as a marshal i am the lieutenant colonel in her military i am the leader of the southern redoubt this is my mess hall now not your chapel i am free to use it as i damn well please and you will not question it have a seat runehead takes a seat across from the table uh, across the table from Try the arbitrator's face is clearly holding back a lot of thoughts on the matter Um, the lieutenant colonel seems pleased with her power play Runehead speaks Uh, lieutenant colonel the two that we have in the cart await judgment 
We caught them a couple days ago. They fled when they saw us and we pursued. Once we were close enough, they were caught with an ensnaring strike. A few of our group recognized him. The man without fingers was a, a bandit. Apparently he and a couple other others used to hold up carts to and from Trail's End. They say he's killed before, but Fingers denies it. The other one, the girl, was with him when they ran, and nobody recognizes her. The cloaks they're wearing are that of the military that attacked some of ours after the fire. It's, it's a serious force, and they're whom we're primarily hunting. Fingers says he wasn't in it, and the other denies it too. She says that they stole the cloaks and the weapons off of a grave. When questioned where they were headed, they both agreed that they were going to a cabin outside the forest, but not much else. What are your thoughts? She asks, and she also looks up at the lot of you. Lieutenant Colonel Try, we can actually confirm that their story is true. We actually, on our way to Havenmere, passed by the sepulcher from which they stole the cloaks. Mm-hmm. And we actually ran into both of them, and they were just trying to survive after the burn. Out in the burn, rather. Yeah, after the I would fire. argue that they're harmless. Completely. And they're definitely not... They definitely do not belong to um, that faction, the military faction. They're just trying to not die in the burned forest. Runehead um, says that they're... They aren't completely innocent. Fingers, at least, it was a, a bandit. He's been holding up carts to and from Trail's End. They still need sentenced. I agree with Runehead on that this, matter. The law. I also agree. Um, bandits should not be tolerated, but I do not think that they should be persecuted for any crimes related to the military faction. Runehead nods and agreements. I just ask that you be lenient, given the situation. Try. Looks at, uh, the five of you. Or, sorry, the four of you. The three. You three, including, oh, yeah. uh, Runehead. <laughs> and she says, well, sounds to me like you caught a couple of bandits who will be sentenced as bandits. They'll be killed. You didn't have to bring them up here for that. Hell, we can take care of that right now. Runehead says, whoa, 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 that's it? You're just, you're not even going to give him a trial? You aren't going to question him? That isn't justice, that's murder. They deserve a just trial. At the very least, you could use a couple extra bodies here to help you build the southern readout. Don't be quick with your judgment, Lieutenant Colonel. She thinks on that. Go ahead and give me a uh, persuasion check with advantage, Crimpton, while you're wearing the gorget. Said persuasion. How did we decide to pronounce it? Gorgon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first one is a 19. Nice. Uh, the second is a 12. She nods. Fair point. We could use some help preparing the readout with earthworks and the like. Perhaps we can use them before they are killed, hung, executed? She, she nods at the executed. She likes... The, she really likes that power word. Hmm. I, I, yeah, so, Grimton what a, is go ahead. visually, like, uneased. He, he grimaces at her, uh, sort of, uh, 
contempt here. Alaris is also, like, he understands the law, but at the same time doesn't necessarily want these people put uh, to death. So. It, it doesn't seem, it seems very harsh, and I'm not sure how to convey that in a way that will remain respectful. Um, but also, in the back of my head, like, this is, this is like, this is the image of the Pandominion that I imagined that I thought was just in my head. I thought that was just the stereotype I had of how things ran here, but it's coming true and that's scary. Um, yeah, so, you, had, you had hoped that it was all, you know, a delusion. Yep. Um, so it just seems honestly from a governing standpoint like a waste of time to like try and to to punish people who didn't really do anything instead of using your energy and manpower to like build things do you say that out loud no should i okay <laughs> not necessarily um grimton give me a actually you know you're a paladin so i'm just gonna let you have this um neovan is pretty innocent like besides resisting arrest she attacked you guys but like she did not attack the uh group of survivors that were leaving trails end um who became the posse and she didn't attack the posse when it went into the forest again hear me out lieutenant colonel mm -hmm. before you do anything you should be the one to question these prisoners right since after all you are the one that is going to bear down judgment so perhaps you should see whether or not they are guilty. I know for a fact that Neavant is reasonably guiltless in this. Fingers is a bandit, but in our experience, the other one was just trying to survive and got caught up with resisting arrest. Give me another persuasion check. Do I still have advantage? Yes. Cool. Because that one was a 5, but the second one <laughs> was a 17. Alright, I'll do it. How do you propose we set up this trial? It needn't be a big fanfare. I think you and whoever judgments you trust should just question them. I don't presume that we have a you being judge, jury, and executioner sort of scenario going on here, but you should have someone to uh, uh, decide their guilt that isn't the same person. Grimton, you know I trust you. Yes. What do I you see... Alaris, you want to get in on that? What? Oh, uh, I trust Grimton? Yeah, I trust Grimton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I'll trust him. Um... For now. <laughs> Can't think of a reason right. not to. <laughs> um, Grimton, what punishment do you see fit for their crimes? You're a man of the law, she says, put, uh, using your finger and, like, tapping the gorget around your neck. Oh, <laughs> Alaris? Your gorget has been tapped. You too. What do you determine as worthy sentences? 
the only crime that I see them guilty of, at least fingers as you have decided to call him, is theft, right? He tried to steal property. I think the punishment should fit the crime, yeah? He should pay back, but what property does he have? None, I take it, besides his cabin. So let him work it off. And the other? The other, as I have said, I see guiltless except for resisting arrest. And uh, I think you should hear it for yourself, but she may have information that you find valuable. They will both be questioned. Why weren't they already questioned? Runehead uh, looks at you and said, my, my priority was returning them here for a trial rather than being questioned. Unfortunately, it's like the wild, wild south out here, so we're kind of making it up as we go. Correct. <laughs> it's like Deadwood. Um, Grimton, give me a persuasion check for the uh, sentencing of gotcha. fingers. Uh, that's uh, 14. With yeah, advantage? After, that was the better roll. <laughs> okay. The lieutenant colonel looks at, looks at you, Grimton, and then looks at Alaris, and she says, What are your thoughts on the matter? Uh, similar to Grimton's, I believe Neavan to be an innocent bystander caught up in a world on fire. Um, <laughs> while Fingers has a bit of a history in the past of some nefarious things. Um, but I don't believe that death is the answer, especially when they can he can be used for the good of the the building. I think that that would be a more fitting punishment perhaps over time depending on how well he does in that sentencing. He might not need to be put to death later. He could just be absolved of his crimes. Um, give me a persuasion check with advantage. That's a 18. Deal. Does that suffice for you, arbitrator? Runehead nods. She stands up and says let's Take them into questioning. I Presumably on our way out, I'm going to sort of hang back and try to talk to her in a tone that only she would, in a hushed tone, so that only she would hear. Lieutenant Colonel, it is without question that you have been given the responsibility of being in charge of the Southern Readout, but I'd be willing to say that the gods would find it unsavory to use a consecrated land as a mess hall. So if it could be relocated, it may be beneficial for everyone. Give me a persuasion check on disadvantage. Actually, you know what? They're going to cancel each other out. A persuasion check, straight. I. That's going to be a 13. The fort will have a chapel in its completed state. It will also have a dining hall. Until then, this building, consecrated or not, will serve as utility first and religion second. So be it, Thank you. Hey, friends, it's Joe. So glad you've joined us for episode 020 of Advantage. I uh, hope you're beginning to see what I meant about the change in stakes for part two of this campaign arc. Um, we've just had an, this, sorry, we've just had another recording session this last Sunday and it fills me with a lot of excitement to share it with you. Um, of course we wouldn't be here without 
the digital art of Daniel Grayling or Blake Boss to compose the overture playing behind me, you can listen to that full soundtrack at soundcloud.com slash Blake Bost, B-O-S-T. Um, thanks to Labor of Love Graphics for the help of web design. That site, AdvantageDnd.com, has maps, location details, and info on the characters and cast. All those character details are also linked to HeroForge.com, where you can get um, custom-designed minis of those characters created by the cast and me. Uh, I've also begun work on prominent on a page for prominent NPCs as well, uh, and they also have their own HeroForge minis. Also on the website, we're working on a link to our Patreon page where you can donate an amount of money of your choosing in order to help us pay for all these projects. I'd love to get more detailed maps on the website, for example, but those maps cost money. We would also love to buy new mics and maybe a new computer for Yessie so I don't have to worry about whether or not the audio file has saved. Um, if you're feeling generous, if you love the show and you want us to do a better job at it, it would be a great deal of help if you could contribute over at patreon.com slash advantage dnd thanks to everybody who's donated so far uh alex styles kevin broussard and kit battlebard um you are incredible fans of the show thank you so much uh dark silver forge continues to offer 10 percent off on all their products to advantage listeners their casting alloy sets are five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic d20 um Go look at their beautiful Cthulhu gold set at darksilverforge.com and use the code ADVANTAGEDND, all space, no, sorry, no space, all caps, <laughs> to receive 10% off of everything on their website. Um, our pals at the show, How Friends Roll, are still working through their third season. HFR does micro campaigns with a rotating cast, and it's absolutely a riot to listen to. Uh, following the season finale, you'll find the Switch series episode that I DM'd for them, so make sure to go subscribe now. You can find them on iTunes or on Twitter at HowFriendsRoll. We are also on the internet, of course, uh, so absolutely reach out to us. Our handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr are all at AdvantageDND. Again, I'll remind you of our Patreon page. Donating at patreon.com slash advantage dnd is the most powerful way that you can show support for the show. If you can't afford that, leaving an iTunes review is a great way to help bring in new fans. Um, as a reminder, you can always send us voicemails uh, that will cut into the show. This message was left by friend of the show, Brett Deaton. Hello, this is Brett. Uh, wow, we've been doing this a year now, right? Well, the episodes are still going strong. I am so happy to see that this has turned into such a great podcast. Um, Steve, Yessie, all the rest, this is going great. Um, just got done listening to episode 19. I absolutely love how thematic this particular episode was. Uh, the way y'all described the visuals was just absolutely wonderful. I particularly like the touch with the mother bear. That was awesome. Um, of course, uh, Alric continues to be a very interesting character to see how that's developing as far as, uh, with no better way to put it, I guess his mental state and the way he internalizes things. I'm uh, really interested to see how that continues to develop. And I guess connected to that, these powers that seem to be manifesting themselves now that he's level three. Um, another interesting character that I'm really enjoying uh, hearing fleshed out is Marlinde. 
I don't know what it is in particular, but I just find this character very fascinating. I guess it's that internal struggle and seeing how she's comprehending not just where she is and how this world has ended for her, but how she's interpreting this new world and these companions and this situation. Um, that's just really bringing a whole lot of flavor to this story. And it's here's what's important about all these characters, um, Grimpton and all the others. This isn't filler text. This isn't just flavor text. When you play these characters, when you describe them, when you tell us what's internalizing about their inner thoughts, uh, their motivations, how these powers, abilities, and everything else are in some way a manifestation or a reflection on them, that's what makes those characters real people in our minds as listeners. And that has got to be one of the most important things about storytelling. I'm so happy to see um, such a masterful job being done of that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What I hope to see is just more of what you've been doing. Um, I love that everything is constantly evolving, constantly changing. We've seen so much diversity, not just in characters, but in setting, in NPCs. Uh, we've seen where we've seen signs of the gods. We've seen signs of the spirits. We've seen different landscapes, different parts of this disaster where it's not isolated to thing happened here, do thing about thing, story done. You really have fleshed out a full world and it has uh, political, spiritual, personal repercussions that every action seems to in some way either evoke or interact with or maybe foretell of a future consequence or benefit. And these things are essential in any story, and y'all are doing a great job with it. Please keep it up. And hey, here we go. Oops, I forgot the PS. Just a quick little note, that little piece of neck armor that protects your uh, clavicle and your throat, that is pronounced gorget. Your praise means a great deal to us, Brett. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm all smiles right now. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the message until we banked four or five episodes of part two, so you'll be hearing a lot of gorget pronounced gorget. Uh, and we're em embarrassed about that too, so don't worry. Um, if you want to leave us a message, you can open up your phone's voice recording app and email it to advantagednd.com. It's so much fun to hear your thoughts. All right, now let's get back to the show. Thank you. All right, what you what you doing, bud? You just going to the nearest yep. cache? You get there and you have all your regular supplies that would normally be there that you didn't take the last time you were here, and that's it. So you have the like three crows that are not um, chirping chirping speaking talking responding whatever ain't got no messages they ain't got no messages that's right there you go <laughs> long story short okay well i am going to send at least two of them and they're going to say the same thing both okay. to letris auric orman squadron nine tempest oath is bearing down on you run hide stay safe they're coming uh to letris how many words was that i don't know <laughs> 
Not this is one of the I like it wasn't that ones many. that we're gonna have to get specific okay. on. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it wasn't that many. Good. That it? Yeah. You said you were gonna send two? Yeah. And that one was to that was two Letris. Where's where's the next one? Both of them are hit like I just wanna make sure it gets there. I'm sending the same message twice to Letris. Oh, okay. <laughs> like bonus urgency. You don't wanna add a a time in that at all? What do you mean? A timestamp of like when they're expected oh yeah, yeah yeah what was that information again you said at the new moon pretend i said this more accurately the first time um, okay <laughs> or here, I'll, just, I'll just say it again Alric, and i'll count my words Alric orman squadron nine tempest oath bearing down on you will arrive with new moon run <laughs> period hide period so it's 17 how many words right. do i get 25 oh okay and they f- fly off. Okay, I'm going uh, back to camp. You are, you arrive. The prisoners are being questioned by the lieutenant colonel and R- Runehead when you approach with anybody else in the party that wants to be there. I don't particularly want to be there. Grimton, are you there? Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't mind being there for questioning unless they get in case they get something else out of them about our militarized zealots, so I'll be there. I slide on up to Grimton and I'm like, because he's, like, the only one close to my relative height. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, so what's going on? At, at a level only he can hear. I think I convinced them to go easy on him, but they're still going to question them, see what information they can get out of them about the zealots. Oh, just Grimton convinced them. <laughs> I think I, I said that. <laughs> Check the tapes. He led the charge on that one, yeah. <laughs> Uh, eventually, it, you you come to realize both of you, or three the three of you, that um, what you're hearing is pretty much all the same information that you've gotten out of them before. Um, they do, uh, especially Neovan, is really adamant about the specters and um, the 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 haints, the ghosties that are are following them. You think we should. I, I talk to presumably the parties around me, those two that are here. You think we should stay the night here to see what that's about or try to go to Letris? I mean, I sent two crows to Letris and they will get there faster than I can, telling them when the Tempest Oaks would bear down on them and to run and hide. Now, that being said, there's no guarantee that, I mean, anything could have happened. They might not be there anymore. We also um, have two and a half weeks, roughly. Yeah. Also, Letris is out of the it's Italian territory of caches. What? Is it? Yeah. Letris is its own city-state. It's a huh. different region of the forest. A different okay. area code? Yeah, pretty much. So those were useless call. Yeah. Any chance they'll uh, get there? Like, do, do you remember when um, Alril said no caches no replies that yeah. one time yeah S- similar situation gotcha mm. so then retracts what i just said i send crows but it's a long shot at best they're not trained um to fly to Letris. i think for the sake of uric and neovan we should stay the night we can leave early in the morning but if their lives are in still in any kind of danger we need to keep them safe if we can also, this could affect the entire camp. 
you know, it might it might be coming for them, but if others get in the way, it could get ugly. So, true. I'm so worried while... that we won't actually be able to do much about it, but I I want to be here and see like which spirits are coming for them. Yeah, like and why. If so Joe just Grim do Reaper we should do action. our best. Yeah, but like I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure what they're going to encounter, and so yeah, we should stay. Just like be ready for it to not be what we expect. We also need to tell Nexby to be ready to move at dawn. So, Joe, just so you know, since I did not stay at the questioning, I have just been packing up, getting ready to go this entire time. <laughs> he, like, walks um, up with his bedroll and, like, all his stuff. No. Your bedroll's already uh, on the gravel bar where Nexby's barge is. Yep. Yeah, getting ready to leave as soon as possible. <laughs> Okay, I'll get her. I'll get her fired up. All right, <laughs> heading down to Letrus. <laughs> yep, she she's getting the engine warm. How long would it take to get down to Letrus? Never been oh. farther upstream than Trails End. How long does it take to get to? Oh, okay. Okay, so you wouldn't even know how long it takes to get to Istalis. So then we walk up. Where are your bags? Hey, uh, next beat. We'll actually uh, we'll actually be leaving in the morning. Uh, we need to sail right at dawn. Why? We've decided uh, to stay and see what um, Uric and Neavan's concerns were about the things that are chasing them in the evening. But they're under watch by the guards. Nothing's going to happen to them. Their sentencing no, has been taken care of um, to the best of our abilities. There's no reason for us to stay. We should get to the people that are in need. No offense... He's not uh, wrong. No offense, though. We are probably better equipped to handle combat with spirits if it comes to that, seeing as how we've seen a little more of that than they are. The need to move is strong, which is why I think we should move at dawn, perhaps even right before dawn if we can. But I at least think it would be worthwhile to stick around and make sure they stay safe. Okay. I feel we do need to stay here. I, for some reason, feel responsible for their well-being now. And Runehead was already... Runehead was already willing to ignore their pleas about whatever's been chasing them once. Who's to say that they won't ignore them again? I mean, it would be hard for them to ignore some scary spirits bearing down on their camp if the spirits are going to do more than just... um, harm the two prisoners however they did say that nobody else seemed to sense them besides runehead which is troubling but also morlinda you might be able to defuse the situation without it escalating into combat um grimton give me a religion check that is uh 13 i'll give it to you knowing what you know about um Runehead, and that she is a paladin of Bahamut. And what you know about yourself and your recent paladania ship, pal- palad- paladin ship? I keep trying, pa- yeah, paladin ship. Um, ordination, well, your recent ordination. You recognize the ability to sense undeath and sense des- desecration and consecration and celestials and infernals and the like and you think that like that might be 
a part of it. Is that to say that um, the two of them also have some sort of, I guess, way of sensing that? Or that whatever magics are, are going on are directly caused by their actions at the sepulcher. Gotcha. It's a different level of personal to them, unlike Runehead, where it's impersonal interaction. The, I guess the party sees some sort of like realization dawn on me, and I say, I'm gonna go talk to Runehead, and decide <laughs> okay. to While he's doing that, are Uric uh, and Neovan still in, like, still in the their clothes? Like, those robes? The cloaks? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I say, I'm gonna go see if I can get a hold of some clothes for them to change into. It won't change what they've done, but it might help. Presumably there's some form of requisitions office. <laughs> like, um, getting materials for soldiers and the like. There, there's a quartermaster cart where you can uh, have, like, full access to their armory and material and s- such. Or, or at least uh, certain individuals, such as special legionnaires, might. <clears throat> uh, Elaris, this might be your specialty. Maybe you should come help me out. What, what do you need me to help you with? We're going to go get some clothes for Uruk and Neovan, and uh, that silly thing around your neck, I think, might help us get them. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> so, we gallivant over to go get some clothes. <clears throat> can you can you give me a uh, a visual of what gallivanting looks like? It's like like each step, our arms like like they're bent and they're going back and forth like a old cartoon or something like that. Ulrich can be doing that. Alaris is not gallivanting. <laughs> Describe the way that he's walking. Um, stomping. <laughs> be a good with irritation. At... Yeah, with irritation. Just, okay. <laughs> he doesn't understand why. We need to, whenever there's obviously something we need to be doing, why we are wasting time doing something that doesn't need to be done. You go find Runehead, and she's sitting outside the dining hall, just kind of staring up at the steeple of the old chapel. So, Arbitrator Runehead, these things that have been following them in the night, have you recognized what they are? I know not what you speak of. You haven't sensed anything following them in the night. They were very uh, adamant about their existence. They've mumbled about it. But I've felt nothing. Can I get a, a insight check? Yeah. When I see if she's lying. I rolled a nine. It's uh, probably go either way. She uh, she seems she's insisting this fact. I guess I'm just gonna try to call her bluff then. What makes you uneasy, arbitrator, about whatever's following them? There's n- nothing following them. Grimton certainly like side eyes her, and then decides to give up on this lead. Alaris and Arik, you have successfully fetched clothes for the prisoners. Mm-hmm. Morlinde, what are you doing? Uh, I did want to go back and talk to the prisoners. Mostly, I, I just, I don't, I don't believe that anyone else started the fire. Uh, pause, though. This is the first time that we got information that the zealots started the fire, right? 
Correct. Okay, cool. You might have been able to assume it, but... Moylandy had already been under the impression that it was just the spirits being angry. Yeah. Um, but now, but now uh, it's been revealed that they've been able to invoke Stormhawk and have been able to invoke Everflame. I want to go back and talk to you Van about that. So I do that. So I walk up to the cage. At this point, have they gotten clothes from the other guys yet? Not yet. Okay, so this is while they're still in the weird cloaks. Hey, I have some more questions for you guys about um, what you heard when you were in the uh, in the ruins of Isatalos. Um, first, why were you there? Was that before? Was that just you, Neavan? Was that before um, you guys ran into each other? It was just me before we ran into each other. Yeah, this was um, just a, a day, maybe two days after uh, we we met. We being. Um, you, Morlande, and her. Yeah. And how did you avoid uh, capture or or worse from um, the zealots who were there in the aftermath? Stayed in the shadows. Nice. <laughs> um, well, those are scary people. That's impressive. You have no idea. Uh, what do I not have any idea about? How terrifying they are. Why? the the rage and ferocity with which they speak about Elder Fallhide and her remnants the the heartlessness of, of which they're going to wipe out all of the survivors okay um so how exactly did they say how I know these are weird things that you would have been listening in on, but did you catch anything on how they started the fire? I didn't. Okay. Um, did they say who started the fire? Yes. Well? It was... Kareth. What? Are you, are you sure... Yes. Who said that? They called him a young oak, but not like you were the young oak. It must have been the young oak of the Rock of Visions. Okay. Did they say anything about where Kareth is? I didn't pick up on that, no. Okay. <sighs> okay, um... Okay, is there anything else that you remember other than just, like, other than being afraid and staying quiet and staying safe, is there anything else that you picked up when you were in that situation? Anything weird you saw? Anything else disturbing that you heard? Those are the, the things that come to mind most immediately. The, the summoning of... Stormhawk, the information about the march, the fact that our own presiding druid started the fire that wiped out their heritage. Yeah, well, Kareth isn't the presiding druid, and they weren't when they started that fire either. Mm -hmm. 
Auric and Alaris, you walk up on that conversation. You can choose at what point. Auric, Niavan, I got you guys some clothes. Change out of those those robes. It, it might not help, but it certainly can't hurt. And I pass them through the bars. Um, they do indeed change, and uh, they they hand over the cloaks. Um, and the three of you give me Arcana checks on it. Alaris and Morlinde, you can do it with advantage. Okay. Got a ten. I got I got an eight. I got a twenty. I got fifteen. Alaris and Morlinde both, you recognize these now that you hold them in your hands as cloaks of elven kind. As in like having been worn by elves? As being a wondrous item oh. of sorts. Alaris, you've not used these before, but you're you're familiar with the magics. You know that uh, they require attunement to be able to use in that while you wear the cloak with its hood up, perception checks and other wisdom checks uh, made to see you have disadvantage, and you have advantage on all dexterity and stealth checks to hide as the cloak's color shifts to camouflage you. Pulling the hood up or down requires an action. That's what you recognize about them. So the, these Do are, you keep these? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm keeping it. Yeah, let's keep those. Who gets them? Well, you two are the elven kind, wait, of wait, right? Wait, wait, wait. Are these, these are the cloaks. Do they have... Uh, they have the bright blue on them. Do they have the bright blue on them? Yes, they do. Yeah, I'm uh, about they, to like... uh, I'm spending... With, with... Go ahead. I'm going to spend the rest of my day or however long it takes altering it to where it doesn't have I like that. Good use of transmutation. I'm going to keep the blue on because I think that could come in handy at some point, but I'm not going to wear the cloak currently. The the prisoners say, are you going to put it in the box with the bows and arrow? What, the like the, uh, the box with the rest of our stuff is over there. Where's that box? Show me. <laughs> well, we're stuck in this cart. Point, please. It's right there. It's like on the other side of the cart. Oh, oh okay. That's where the rest of our stuff is. Auric walks around to look at said box. Okay, there it is. Is it like, is this like an open box or like, do I need to open it? Is it locked? Like, it's locked. It's locked. Can I roll inside to see if they know that these cloaks are magical in any way? Yeah, sure. While he's doing that, I come back over to the guard that is the same guard that I gave a gold coin to earlier. Excuse me, fine, sir. These uh, these two special legionnaires need to uh, inspect the, the goods that these prisoners were carrying. Whatever. And then he holds his hand out. Ugh. So I, I hand him two gold coins. What a scumbag. Thank you. He's a mercenary. <laughs> All right. Look, bribes are bribes, man. It's whatever. Um, and he walks over and unlocks the box. You open it up, and it's got bows and arrows belonging to the Tempest Oath. I pick one up. There are... The bows don't seem to have anything magical about them. It's just a, a, a standard longbow. But the the ammunition, they the quivers each have two arrows in them, and they have the blue fletching on them, which is... in, in contrast with the black fletching that's on yours Auric from the right. crows you hold these in your hand and you remember what what Uruk had said earlier about them f- flying straighter than any arrow he had ever shot these are two plus two arrows 
Is there, is there a total of four, or is there two? Grand total of four. Four, gotcha. You have a bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this piece of magic ammunition. The bonus is determined by the rarity of the ammunition, which I already gave you as two. Um, once it hits a target, the ammunition is no longer magical. Um, is it plus two to attack or damage? Both. Cool. So I'm just going to, like, smooth lift all four of these arrows. Yeah, um, you can stick those in your quiver. What I do, though, is I, I take a piece of cloth... Like a little, I empty some like little drawstring sack that I have, and I put it over the tops to cover the fletching so that you can't see the electric blue. Okay. I close the box. Is there anything else in there? They're crossbows, because they each had crossbows, um, uh, and daggers and such. Ulrich, put four arrows back for the four arrows that you're taking, and um, I'm going to put my current cloak in the box and take the other one. Sounds good to me. Puts in four arrows. Joe, are the uh, are the bows like more or less the same bow I have? Like I shoot and I hit with a D8. Yeah, um, it's just going to be stylized differently, specifically okay. uh, with like the resplendent elvishness of. Nah. Um, so I put my four arrows in. The tempest oath rather than like the box, but I don't lock it. I dummy lock it. Well, I guess we're done there. You're just taking our stuff. Well, to be fair, this is not yours. Um, we've notably left all of the things you originally had. Second of all, we need to check these out. This is clearly with the Tempest Oath. Um, and as you can see, they're they're not exactly well-liked around here. And to be honest, we have some beef with them as well. So these will be better in our care. Nia Van agrees. Eric is confused about it. I mean, he gets it, but like, he's annoyed. Let me just um, say, Eric, there is not going to be anyone that is going to be happy you have any of these objects. Like, the people that they came from, the people that don't like the people that they came from, everyone the is... Hates. Yeah, yeah. Literally everyone is out to get you for these things. Don't imagine you want to be holding on to them. Ulrich, do you have a couple, like, just a couple of, like, silver or something you can put in the box also? Just make them feel better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I leave five silver in there. Five bucks. I'm like, five dollars. There, there. I per- buy you two candy bars. It's like, there, Eric. I purchased them from you. Close his box. <laughs> <laughs> funny to hear that it's like Um, (laughs) okay hey i also have to pee i thought i didn't but i drank a lot of coffee so brb sorry it's okay more like brp am i right i thought it was funny i laughed thanks
I'm hilarious and nobody appreciates it. I thought you should have called the Will-O-Wisps Will and Wisp, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, dang it! <laughs> yeah, I thought of it. I really missed out on a good opportunity for I that. I thought of it too late. <laughs> I need to come up with a cool name for the spirit bear. Because, like, the first thing that came to my mind was, of course, hey bye, but I can't use that. Um, I just call it Mother Bear. But, like, it's your bear. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a name. I'm gonna come up with a name. What's hey bye from? Avatar. <laughs> That's the panda bear spirit. Remember, remember, it's like wrecking that town. Before we go anywhere, let me go check and see if I have any messages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, see if I have any uh, crows. This is Walgreens. Your prescription it's is like ready. It's like with crows. <laughs> yeah. So, anybody DM you? <laughs> How about this? <laughs> Y'all are ridiculous. These are warder cloaks. That's really cool. Warder cloaks? There are things in the Wheel of Time series called warders. They're they're just people, but they defend these people known as Aes Sedai, and they have these like color shifting cloaks that like seem to supernaturally blend them into their environment. Remind me who wrote uh, the Wheel of Time series? Robert, Robert Jordan. Jordan. Uh, Robert Jordan. If you wish to sue us, he's dead. Please contact me. Yeah, he's real dead. Whoever is in charge of the Wheel of Time franchise, probably his wife, or pub the publishing company that owns it, um, please feel free to contact us about suing us. I would like that. Also, if you can get a hold of J.K. Rowling, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just all the same publishing company. We can just take on one big battle. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's really just one cloak that's shared among the universes. Yeah, basically. Anyway, sorry. About what time of day is it, Joe? Uh, let's say it's getting dinner time. Yeah. It's what? It's it's approximately like five oh three. What season are we in? Early summer. Yeah, it's coming on summer. Okay, so we've still got hours of daylight left. Yeah. Guys, let's uh let's grab a quick dinner and then get prepared for nightfall. Okay. Sounds good to me. Unless you guys like you guys have something else you think we might might make more sense. No, I'm ready to see what weird spirit things are following these uh, cloaks. Since Agreed. we since we already wasted the time, let's take this opportunity to make sure that Nixie's barge is well stocked with supplies that we would need for a journey. True. Good plan, that. Arik is gonna scarf their uh, grub down really quickly and go get everything out of the warden cache that was that they went to before to give to Nixie. Are you gonna gonna take the bag of holding itself? I mean, like every, that would give you two bags of holding. I'll take the bag of holding. Can, can you? Wow! Can you put a bag of holding inside a bag of holding? No, it's, no, really, it's, it's like really the, I think it's really bad if you do that. Doesn't it? No, but that's but it's not a portable hole. That's fair. But that's I thought putting a bag of holding inside a bag of holding basically creates like a nuke. No, that's a that's no, a no, portable no, that's, hole. Either way, I'm not going to do it. Like, I, there's this moment where I'm holding both of them, and I look at it, and I consider it, and then I'm like, no. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Y'all are anywhere you near die. me. You die. No. 